everybody. Welcome to the CoinGeek Weekly Livestream. I'm your host, Kurt Wooker Jr., broadcasting live from the perpetually sunny, except today it's a little cloudy, uh, South Florida, uh, where you should be moving to. Uh, South Florida Citadel news coming soon, everyone, so pay attention. Going to be big things. I also want everybody to, to lightly clear their schedules for a, a potential April event surrounding the Bitcoin 2022 uh, situation down in Miami. And then also pay attention to the calendar for announcements about all the stuff that's going to happen in May regarding BSV and the global blockchain conference and everything else that we do. Oh, banner ad there. Show today brought to you by CryptoCraft.com. That's right, everybody. CryptoCraft.com, where you can check out news, tickers, prices, and a delightful forum experience. Uh, we're very grateful for their sponsorship for the entire month of February and perhaps going forward. Thank you so much, CryptoCraft.com. We appreciate you immensely. I also want to thank Alex Moon for being my delightful and lovely producer uh, live from the United Kingdom. Oh, we got the My Two Cents people saying hi in the in the comments as well. What's up? Uh, I'm trying to push everybody to give give uh, feedback on MyTwoCents.io as well. Uh, they're, they're getting themselves launched. It is currently free to participate, but that may change in the near future. I'm not going to talk too much. Normally, I monologue. I like to listen to myself talk, but I have a feeling we're going to get to the end of this show, and I'm going to wish I had like another hour to talk. So... I want to cut to an ad and we are going to return with Brenton Gunning, who is the creator of Run Protocol. If you don't know what Run Protocol is, look at the blockchain. Basically every single block, I would bet it's every single block for more than a year now has run tokens in it. In fact, there are more run tokens than almost any other transaction, perhaps every other transaction, period. Uh, there's more run tokens than anything else. So. For all you people that hate JavaScript, sorry, it's here to stay again. Everyone tries to make JavaScript go away. Everybody hates it, and everybody on Earth uses it. Why is that? Perhaps we'll find out. Everybody, we'll be right back after this ad with Brenton Gunn. Shaking, man. Oh, you're muted. Let's fix that. How you doing, man? Good talk to you. Good, good. We are uh, man, glad it's uh, 2022. Glad the pandemic actually looks like it may start to wind down. Um, and also glad I left my my blue city and blue state, which it sounds like you did a, a little bit recently too. How's how are things? I did. So I was down in Los Angeles, California. 
And we were for a while, we were having like actually back in the Bitcoin cash days, we we're having some pretty good meetups down there. But then a lot of that for BSV shifted up to San Francisco. So I was going up to there. As soon as the pandemic hit, all that shut down. So we're living, my wife and I, we're down in Los Angeles. We're like, everything shut down. Like, why are we paying X amount for a, <laughs> a, a, an apartment down here? Let's get out. So we, we started doing a little tour around the country. And we ended up um, kind of in the Jackson Hole area out by Idaho, Wyoming. So it's been good so far. And um, we'll see. I mean, uh, I'd love to be back in California when it opens back up. But we like it out here, too. So we'll see. Yeah, man, that, that, that's a beautiful area of the country, uh, especially for skiers and <laughs> people that people that like the the outdoor lifestyle. It's it's one of the major places to be. So that's pretty cool. Totally. totally let's totally. let's hear. Yeah, I, I think you know people know what what run is. I think in theory, maybe not. Maybe maybe I assume too much of people. But um, who, what's your story? Why why do you matter, Brenton? You know, I, I tell everybody all the time. Hey, like ninety five percent of the network are run tokens and. Uh, that's coming out of this dude, Brenton, who I've met twice no. on calls <laughs> or something. So let, let's hear your story a little bit. Who are you, Brenton? Sure, sure. Well, um, l- let me correct something. Uh, Run is not doing the transactions. The apps that are built on Run are doing the transactions. And so sure. we're an infrastructure provider, a protocol layer, a programmability layer, uh, you know, in the same way that Bitcoin is too. Um, and so it's really, you know, the ad is for crypto fights. They're doing a whole lot of transactions right now. They're not the only ones. There's a, a breadth of transactions out there, but they're certainly doing a lot. So, um, yep. yeah, but uh, my story, let's see. Uh, I, I've been around Bitcoin since Bitcoin Cash days. Let's see, 2017 is kind of when I got involved, and I actually quit my job in 2018 after going to the first Satoshi's Vision Conference, which was in Tokyo. Um, and uh, I was like, well, this seems like a very promising piece of technology. There's a lot you could do with it. Tokens were very early. They were like, tokenization contest back then. I just sort of dove in as like, well, there's endless opportunity um, on, on this UTXO model that actually scales. Like there just aren't that many scalable UTXO chains out there. And then BSV happened. And uh, the thing that drew me in uh, the most was, you know, stable protocol that was really important. Uh, I did not find the justifications on the BCH side for that fork to be, to be valid in my, per- in my opinion. Um, and so it was an easy choice to keep going on BSV. And then let's see, Run launched in uh, 20, 2019, although it was still kind of in private alpha for a long time. And the goals of that were to make a JavaScript programming layer, uh, JavaScript because you know, people love to hate it, and that's totally fine. But it was surprising when I learned that JavaScript um, is actually a, a good language for, um, for doing these kind of uh, programmable smart contracts, tokens, whatever you want to call them, that have deterministic aspects to it. There's another uh, project out there called Agoric. They're doing it kind of on the Cosmos chain. Um, and so like Run isn't the only one out there. Uh, yep. But JavaScript is actually good. And um, features that are on some of the other VMs uh, like Ethereum and Solana. And it's just been growing since then. So we have... Uh, a lot coming. Um, I don't know. I mean, I was, I was running the numbers this morning before this just to see like what, what we're doing in transactions. And I, I hadn't looked for, you know, a month or so. And so I just pulled it up and um, it was a hundred. I thought it'd be a hundred million transactions. That was my guess. And it blew me out of the water. It was 234 million transactions so far. Holy um, cow. Yeah, this is, it's just insane. It's more than Ethereum a lot of days. And um, it's going to be, you know, if this continues, it'll be a billion transactions or more. In a year yeah. it's, it's just wild and 
we're just trying to keep up. <laughs> no, it's it, it's funny because you know you you bring up JavaScript and I hear this all the time from people like ah you know I hate JavaScript this and that everything and it's like well what do you program the most in like, well JavaScript <laughs> so it's like you can go to like you know, rural third world countries and find JavaScript programmers just the same as you can find them in, you know, Silicon Valley in New York City and anywhere else, you know? So it's like, okay, I guess, I guess JavaScript, I guess we need to make JavaScript work at least for the time being. <laughs> so, um, and it's funny because I remember your presentation in, in London, uh, 2020. And, you know, you, you're up on stage and you're explaining it. And I'm like, okay, token. Like I'm, I've, I've been a Bitcoin sort of nerd wonk or whatever for, for years. And I'm like, well, yeah, I know tokens are theoretically possible on Bitcoin, you know, and now, now all of a sudden it's like, it's ubiquitous. Now it's, it's like 90 plus percent of all transactions are, are run tokens on the network. And it's like, oh man, I guess we figured that part out. Huh? <laughs> totally. Totally. It, it's been crazy. It blew up really quickly. And I think, I think a lot of it is like, people like to own stuff. They like to have control over their data, especially in this world where you, know, you don't really have any control over what you do. Right. And so when people like, you'll read on, on like Hacker News, for example, people really dismiss blockchains as a whole. And I, I think they don't get that uh, the alternatives really aren't great right now. Like we have a solution of actually owning your data. Um, now, what that means and, and how that plays out is like questionable, but like I, I, I think there's a real, you know, use case here that people like to, people like to do. Um, no, for sure. But uh, yeah, and I think the challenge for token systems, and, and by the way, run as a token system, like. Like there's smart contracts and then there's tokens. And I think, um, and let me just kind of describe kind of what I see as a difference. So it's, yeah, I was going to say, isn't, you know, I, I think of a, a smart contract as, first of all, I hate that term, right? Like we should call them apps. It is a, it is a blockchain based application and tokenization or like tokens or tokens are a subset of smart contract is generally how I understand it. I'm sure you have a much more specific response than I, I would, but please let's, let's clarify. Yeah. Well, I think if you look at like Ethereum, for example, everything is a smart contract on Ethereum. You have, um, you have like the ERC-20 standard, that is a smart contract. And within that, you have your tokens. And so the way I think about that is a token is an individually owned asset, um, whether that's your you know, game item or it's your song that you bought on Jamify or some you know, crypto fights you know, recipe or something. And then you have smart contracts, which are where these tokens can kind of come together and interact. And on Ethereum, the ERC-20 contract is where you can, you know, trade your tokens between each other. They have tons of other smart contracts. Um, on Bitcoin, uh, we only have, I think, you know, a few smart contracts, in my opinion. Um, we have, like, the Sensible AMM. That's pretty interesting. Uh, that's kind of a place where many different tokens can come together. Yep. But, like, that's where things are going. And if you look at um, the explosion of tokens and what that unlocked, uh, I think the same thing is going to happen with smart contracts when the tech matures in that direction too. And, and it's definitely going that way. Yeah, for sure. So there's a, a quick question from um, Mort. Is crypto fights on run tokens? So I know, I know that most of the item or all of the items and things are, are, are run tokens, but is every transaction in crypto fights a run token? I'm, I'm not even actually sure. I don't know if everyone is, they might have some transactions that are just payments. Um, they probably do. I would imagine. Um, mm. But as far as the gameplay goes, all of the game actions are recorded on chain uh, and these are run tokens. So you have a fighter and you have a game and you have all your items that you attach to your fighters and, uh, you know, Shrugger, uh, David Case would be the right one to really go into detail here. Yeah. But when you make a move in the game, yeah, that is um, performing an action on your tokens 
using other tokens in an, uh, in an interactive way to update the state of the game. And they, they have you know, a really interesting complex kind of ownership hierarchy where players own stuff and the server's responsible for other stuff. And it's, it's really cool. But yeah, every, every, uh, every, every game move is a run transaction. And yeah. um, they, I do want to differentiate between like fungible and non-fungible tokens because um, I think CryptoFights recently announced they were going to do a, 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 a CryptoFights token or a fixed token of some sort. Mm-hmm. And that's more of the type of a fungible token where you can trade it and it can be, you know, it's an amount. So you can merge it with other amounts that you have and you have some number associated with it. But the game items are more like NFTs. They're, they're more powerful than that because they have a lot of programmable features built on top of them. But um, the, the, each one of those is kind of individually unique. And most of the crypto fights transactions are based on, you know, NFTs, I would say. Yeah. So and that's another thing I tell people. I, I go to a, a crypto meetup uh, in the town that I live in, uh, north of Miami, and I get on stage. I speak every month, you know. And I'm like, "Hey, you remember last month I told you, uh, you know, we do three million NFTs a month on on chain." And people are like, "Wait, three three million or three million a day?" Like, <laughs> all you know, I was like, "Well, no, now actually it's about five million a day. All NFTs and the cost to transact them is, you know, less than a penny. But the the minting is a little more. But you know, and, and everybody's like." Wait, you're gonna be kidding me? How is that even possible? You know, so, <laughs> it, it doesn't and, seem possible. And the low fees are what enable this. We have such low fees yeah. on BSV that, like, why wouldn't you? Um, you know, own an app that expects to have three million transactions. Absolutely. So here's here's another question uh, from KP Dad, who's another Florida guy. So uh, what what makes Run Protocol different than the other token protocols? How does Run run? And, and those token protocols keep coming out now. Stas, yeah. I think, is finally. Uh, visible to some people uh but there's been for for now years it seems like there's like two or three protocols a year for the last three years come out and they're like, okay this is the one uh and run just kind of keeps pulling ahead so what what is the real differentiator of run well um so some history so uh slp tokens back in bitcoin cash days those could do fungible tokens so we've been able to do on bsv since this was, you know, uh, with BCH, a lot of the same uh, code base, we've been able to do tokens for a long time. But I think what's been missing and what a lot of people are trying to solve is how do you make them, um, there's, there's, how do you make them programmable? How do you make a general purpose programming language on, on top of a token system? And that's something Run does really well. So um, being based on JavaScript, uh, you can write, you know, if you want to write an NFT, like a fighter class for, for say, uh, you know, some crypto fights game or something like it, um, you can code up what do you want this this object, this um, NFT to be able to do. And you aren't limited, like, I would say some of the early attempts at token proposals were more like Swiss Army knives. They could do a few things, but they weren't general purpose. And so finding that general purpose solution has been um, increasingly a problem to solve. And then the truth is that Every token protocol today has different trade-offs. And I, I think there's going to be more. I do not think we're at the end of this road at all. <laughs> and, and I've long said, like, you know, we should have an Ethereum DM on BSV. We should, yeah. we should be playing with Solana and trying to get, you know, the DM ported over there, some cool WebAssembly right. stuff that they're doing. And um, on top of that, like, the UTXO model, those are account-based systems. The UTXO model just has not been explored. This is what makes Bitcoin yeah. more well makes it harder to program smart contracts for mm-hmm. trying to solve that has been, you know, a challenge that a lot of different people are trying to attempt in different ways. 
No, for sure. Well, that, that begs the question of interoperability. I, I've heard people, you know, oh, hey, how do we how do we get sensible tokens to interact with run tokens? And that's that's one problem. But then, like you said, how do we get ERC twenty or, or Solana tokens or, or you know whatever Avalanche Polygon everybody else? But I, I think they're largely uh, create ERC twenty bridges to interoperate with Ethereum, anyways. So. What is what does something look like um, in your head to to go that direction to be able to have uh, you know on BCH for example there's Smart BCH which is their their EVM machine that uh, you know sits on top of Bitcoin Cash like is that something is it something that Run could could be part of or would that have to be a completely different situation to uh, to tackle? No, it, it definitely could. So th- this is so th- there's kind of roughly two camps, let's say, in BSV building token protocols. There's the uh, Bitcoin script approaches, which are more, you know, layer one, although I'm going to say everything's layer two, but we'll get to that. But but they're more based on Bitcoin script and trying to do things with Bitcoin as a native transaction format. And then you have ones that are using Bitcoin as a uh, more more like internet packets, um, where you have a, a, a data structure and a way of you know recording actions that happened and ownership and and changes and ordering those, and um, but having a programmability layer on top of it. And so um, I think uh, 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 sorry I'm drawing a blank, but I, I think like going back to what makes you know run different. Um, oh no, I, I remember what I was going to say. So uh, as for like different protocols that are interoperable. Um, uh, if if we have multiple token protocols built on BSV that are like maybe the more of a layer two approach, which is how I think things will evolve. Because you know, doing JavaScript, the miners aren't going to run JavaScript most likely. And if we have a WebAssembly based token protocol, they're not going to run WebAssembly. Same for like an EVM. I don't think they will. Maybe they'll specialize in time, but like that's not their specialty. Um, the benefit of recording this all in BSV and using BSV as a base layer for all of these different protocols is that it also gives a common communication platform for these different protocols to interact. So for example, sensible tokens today can be swapped with run tokens. People haven't done that, but that's totally achievable. And that should be possible with any you know, token protocol if they're designed correctly to do that kind of thing. And in comparison, would that be, like, yeah. Real quick, would that be like atomic swap or are you talking like layer three where you're using like an indexer or something above it? No, you can atomic swap them. So if you saw a sensible token that you wanted for sale, you create a transaction that has the sensible token being sent to you and you have a transaction being sent to them and you give that to them and say, hey, do you approve? And if they sign off on it, they can publish it in the two, the two token swap. And to compare it like on, let's say, let's say you wanted to exchange a Solana token with an Ethereum token. You need to use a separate bridge mechanism that is generally trusted. Maybe it's federated, but it's, it's usually some trusted system. We saw the hack recently yep. on one of these bridges. And... And that just makes it, well, you can't do them atomically first off, and it just makes it yeah. harder to program for it. So I, I see Bitcoin more as a base layer for many different you know, systems to come together and interact with. And of course, then you get uh, really cheap fees and really high volumes yeah. and all the rest there too. Now see, that, that brings up an interesting point that I've, I've, I've told people like, you know, BSV is this data integrity tool. And in theory, all these other blockchains could be our customers. And this started with a Lightning Network conversation a couple of years ago. As people are saying, ah, you know, if you if you can segregate the network, you can do like a time warp attack that makes it that uh, part of the network is is slightly out of sync, and you can drain people's wallets and, and double spend Lightning transactions. This was something that uh, Hebrew University in Jerusalem was able to show. They were able to demonstrate it and, and wrote a paper on it. And then like a 
successful time warp attack on lightning network. Interesting. Uh, and it's essentially a synchronization attack where like, it's just, it's based on the latency of the network itself. You can segregate it out and, you know, do, do a couple of things. And I said, well, why, why don't we, why don't we sell the service to lightning network providers to take lightning network state and hash it to, to BSV basically do like a proof of proof system and hash it, you know, even as simply as something in like Opraturn and say, Hey, you know, like this is lightning networks, complete network state up to X time and, and go forward from there. And people are, ah, you know, lightning networks are not going to be around that long. Don't bother. Totally. And, and now there's, now you see the same thing with like Solana. Solana is trying to, you know, push 65,000 TPS and that kind of thing. And it's like, well, they also keep coming out of sync. Like their nodes have trouble keeping state with one another. And it's like, what could we be selling them to say, Hey, Solana, like pay us, pay us some amount of time and on some interval, maybe it's every, maybe it's every 10 minutes. Maybe we do it one, one time per block on BSV. We just save Solana chain state. And so the next time you come out of sync, rather than being down for like 24 hours, like the last one, they can just revert and say, okay, well, we were valid up to here. Like we can work back from here or here, you know, pick a, pick a few spots, pick a few blocks. Definitely. And like, tokens would be a way to manage that. Like the, the chain state could be essentially an NFT and, and we could be selling that service as sort of like insurance. Like this is insurance about synchronization state of, of uh, you know, account-based yeah. systems. Well, there's, there's a model that's actually getting more popular um, outside of BSV, but it's funny because it's so relevant to BSV too, which is separating uh, consensus over what happened with mm. consensus over what that means. And sure. so if you were, for example, to store Solana transactions on BSV, there would be no ambiguity about what happened, what order they happened in, and so on. You might need aggregators that put these together into you know, Solana blocks, but then you can have second layer con con consensus for what that means. Like, what is the state of the Solana system? And that can be used for, maybe that doesn't have to be quite as secure because you can always fall back to the base transactions to look at to know yeah. what happened. Um, and you, maybe you can have multiple layers of consensus on there too. So that's yeah. sort of the, the future that I'm looking at for, for Run and, and other token protocols is let's build uh, layers of consensus, use BSV as our, as our packet format for storing everything, uh, locking it in, ordering it, and then we can get a lot of interaction together. Yep. Well, it's a lot like what Craig talks about with like IPv6 and, and some of how he wants to replace like the TCP IP protocols and things too. Looks like maybe Brenton froze again. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. All right. It looks like you're back. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Craig, Craig has been talking about like replacing TCP IP uh, and, and various other things in the internet stack and, and saying like, wow, with IPv6, we can actually be taking these things and, and bundling them in, into transactions and using BSV instead of, uh, you know, various other, uh, you know, portions of the internet stack, which is largely above my head. But, you know, when I see it on the graph <laughs> or the charts that he shows, I'm like, oh, actually, yeah, that does make some sense. Totally. So it's just a, you know, it's just such a crazy, crazy problem to, to re-architect and then talk to standards committees and, you know, the kind of people that make decisions about stuff like that are, you know, people don't really understand that they're like crusty old people sitting at universities <laughs> and things <laughs> yeah. like deciding this is the internet at this point. So this is also why I love BSV is, is having that sense of the protocol is what it is and we're going to be able to build on it and know what we're dealing with. Right. That is really, really nice. And um, I, I, think I still pay attention to Bitcoin Cash because it's, it's our closest sibling, I would say, in, in the ecosystem of, of you know, 
uh, exploring what you can do with the intersection. And um, they're doing some interesting stuff, but they're continuing to explore changes to the protocol right. for things that we know now are not always necessary. And a great example of this was the op data sig verify. Um, mm-hmm. That was a, an op code proposed for Bitcoin Cash. People didn't think you could do it with that, that, that technique without it. And then, I don't know, six months or eight months later, we found out you could do it on an unbounded uh, script. So yep. I, I hope we continue to go down this path. I think it's a great path. And Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, we, you know, we, we've got some vindication too, like looking at uh, Cardano, for example, try to do something similar, like, okay, we'll use the UTXO model and fast blocks and some of the other things that they did, but it's, they're essentially trying to combine Ethereum and the Bitcoin best of both worlds. But then the way they implemented it, there was no parallelization and they were only able to get one transaction per block. Oh and so like, <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> so, totally. you know, it's, you know, you try to you try to combine systems and and make trade offs, and then you realize, like, oh shoot, I guess Satoshi was right. Uh, yeah. You know, ten years before us, also. Let's yeah. let's bang out a couple of questions here. We got Mark Dunneman asking: Are are run tokens blockchain pruning resistant? I actually know the answer to this, but I'll let you uh, jam on it. Yeah. So uh, the answer is yes, but it only because you have to assume everything is going to be pruned. Everything about the UTXO set will be pruned in time, and when you assume that. Uh, you have to build systems expecting that. And then, for example, um, I can tell you how this is going to work in practice. Um, you're going to have uh, different app providers that care about different things keeping their transactions. And so CryptoFights is keeping their transactions. Relay is keeping their transactions. And Run, as a provider of sort of last resort, is going to keep all of Run transactions. Mm-hmm. And we're going to try to serve the whole Run ecosystem. And yep. so in a world where Run transactions are being pruned and they're harder to get, uh, that just opens up the door to infrastructure providers to come in and say, well, we'll offer these transactions for you. And we'll t- we'll, we show them exactly where they are in the block and here's your Merkle path. And so, yep. but, but we should assume to be clear, everything will be pruned except for the UTXO set. And even the UTXO set data, a lot of that can be pruned too. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, just expect that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's funny. I, I tell people this all the time. Like, well, I get the the small blocker guys who are like, oh man, who, who could run a BSV node to audit their own, uh, their own finances. And I'm like, dude, you can, you can download just the UTXO set and prune it. Like it's, it's 40 yes. gigs. Like if you only care about your financial history and transactions, that's 40 gigabytes and very, very small on a day-to-day basis. In, in addition, like you can, you yeah. can do that. Like that is a feature. You do not have to have everybody's dog JPEGs and, and everybody's crypto fights, hammers and stuff like, right. Just right. do your money. That's the UTXO set. But I will also say as someone who is, is one of the partners at gorilla pool, I want all the data I want to run. I want to be the best connected run index on the network because at some point when somebody screws up and prunes all the run data, I want it to be like, Oh shoot. Hey, Kurt, can we buy all that data from you? Because we lost it. The answer will be yes. Oh. Send me Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, 100, 100%. And um, I think, but it is getting pretty big for the record. Uh, so it is. I, I think the, the latest, uh, this is just kind of a fun set, the latest um, Bitcoin database set, it's three terabytes now. I think it just passed three terabytes. Nice. And so if you store everything, including the run stuff and everything else, um, that is going to get harder. But uh, you know, the truth is that outside of BSV land in the real tech world, like we were doing five exabytes a day of data at Snapchat. That was where I was working right. for this. And yep. like, granted, that's a big company, but like, this is what tech is used to doing. So, right. um, yeah. 
It'll work. Well, everybody, everybody thinks cost and nobody thinks ROI. You know, I, I, I tell people this all the time, like big tech companies, Facebook, Twitter, you know, the TikTok and the rest of them, like they want all of your data because your data is the most valuable thing on earth. And so if you think that the blockchain that stores all of the data attestable to proof of work and, and in a data structure where it can be monetized simply, like you're completely insane. Like there is so much potential ROI in that data set. Just, just blows my mind that people just don't, don't understand that basic concept there. It's like we're sitting on all the oil and it's like, you know, 1840 or something. <laughs> you know, um, what, one of the things that the internet got right is they pushed computation to the edges, meaning mm -hmm. that, you know, the Facebook server is the one running Facebook code. It's not being run by the network routers itself. And as a user, you're the one loading the web page itself. It's not being rendered by, you know, right. some server out there. You know, yeah. Probably not being rendered up by their server out there unless you're using Mighty Browser, but right. whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, that model, I think, has not really made its way to blockchain. And I think it's it's a really good fit because if we have a core network that's doing consensus over what happened, and then we have a bunch of apps that give meaning to that, that scales. I feel like that scales. And I'm not sure anything else does scale. So well, uh, yep. the, the economics, um, you know, the, the economic side is always the, the key side is, is um, people forget that in blockchain, outside of BSV, forget that in blockchain. You don't have to solve yep. everything technically. Economic security is, is um, yeah. often just as good or better. No, I, amen to that. We've got another question here. Uh, Brandon Ward saying, why is run the best way to run the blockchain? And I don't know if that question makes all the sense. But. Uh, <laughs> why, why is run the best way? It, it's not uh, the best way. It's, it's a way. It's a, it's a very good way for certain sets of problems. Run the blockchain, I don't know what that means, but like token as a token protocol, it definitely has um, it, its strengths and weaknesses, and, and I think it serves a lot of purpose, but um, yeah, I don't know. People can choose what they want to use. Sure. Here's another one. Are run tokens unencrypted on chain? And I'll add a follow-up. Can they be optionally encrypted or unencrypted on chain? Um, no, not right now. They're, they're unencrypted right now. There's no encryption. Um, I actually had a design spec for a way to encrypt your tokens where um, you could transfer these things to other people and nobody would know what you're dealing with. Um, but there are just much more interesting problems to solve right now than, than trying to encrypt what you own on chain. In fact, I think some of what makes um, blockchain interesting is that everything is public and that's not going to serve every, you're not going to want to put like your home address on the blockchain, but like right. for transfers of ownership, like this is why we register our house with the city is because we need some sort of agreement over who owns what to just, you know, get along in life. So, you know, maybe, maybe we'll implement this and run eventually, but like encryption is, is definitely lower on the priority list right now. For sure. Here's a good one. Is there a reason Tal chose Stas compared to Run? Can you guys talk about the benefit of each and why it's beneficial to have many compared to few? Aren't people divided because of of it? Like it means like the protocol debate, right? if, if if that's what it could be called. Um, Tal, I think, chose Stas because they wanted their own token technology that they could be an infrastructure provider for. I think it, I think it's pretty simple. Um, I think the Stas protocol was also misunderstood maybe around the time that it launched. I think people thought it had certain scaling properties that it didn't. Um, and so that might've been part of the, the agreement there, but to their credit, I think they have a very efficient form of op push TX that um, is quite nice. And so they, they do have some good technology there in that sense. Um, but as far as like a usability goes, I mean, I would remind people that 
that the problem we're trying to solve right now is not just having tokens. We've had SLP tokens for four years now, and <laughs> three, and a, three and a half years or whatever it's been. Yeah. And yeah. they work for basic tokens. What we're trying to solve now is how do we make the UTXO model as programmable and interesting as what we see on these account-based chains? And mm -hmm. cracking that nut is, is going to be the fun nut to, to solve. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, that brings up an interesting question. So I'm, I'm pretty good friends with David Case also, who is the, the man who has programmed the most run transactions uh, on earth by a pretty wide, wide margin. And so he has, he's basically, you know, if, if you were a, a race car builder, he's the guy that's had the pedal to the metal for the longest uh, and can give you the most feedback from the racetrack, right? And, you know, he talks a little bit about like, uh, you know, sometimes I don't know if it's, if it's our internal infrastructure or if it's, you know, somewhere between us and Tal or is, you know, do we start to hit issues when we, when it gets to Tal and, and that kind of thing. And so uh, I think it's really interesting to get feedback from him about like, you know, first of all, he chose run for a reason. Uh, and then second of all, um, you know, you, you guys have presumably worked together to solve some of these problems. Like, Hey, Brenton, can you, can you help with uh, X, Y, and Z? But I think it's curious that, you know, while Tal supports Stas officially, they're processing more run tokens than anything else on earth. And that requires them to do some, you know, tweaking and troubleshooting and, and whatever else is necessary there. So I guess my, my question or my feedback is like, was that the sort of pressure testing that you expected on run or what were your expectations of like when you'd start to see, um, see any issues or, or do, you, do you think run has its own scalability problem at all? Or what, what do you think? What are the, what are the limits on run as you see it? And what, what maybe needs to be fixed in the future? Yeah. So, um, so, so first off, I think from Tal's perspective, when they're processing run transactions, they're just processing any other Bitcoin transaction. Yeah. And so the same problems that CryptoFice is experiencing could have been experienced by you know, any other token protocol or maybe just BSV transactions in general. And so I think that um, uh, it's good that they're solving this. It's good that we have an app that's doing this many transactions because they're pushing things forward. Um, as for like scalability limits of run in the future, yeah, there are, there are like a number of challenges that we still have to solve and we have a plan for it. But um, for example, uh, uh, one of the problems is actually the back to Genesis problem. And you know, yeah. we, can, we can talk about that a little bit. But basically as crypto fights um, continues to grow, they have to keep around um, a larger and larger transaction set. Mm -hmm. And they, they're not gonna throw these transactions away, they're their transactions, but it's still gonna be increasing that data they can't toss if they want to. And so we have a number of changes coming um, to sort of address this. And I can speak to some of the, the near-term and kind of the long-term um, plans for this. And so, mm -hmm. uh, well, maybe we should talk about the back to Genesis problem first, just at a general level. So that people yeah, I think like people, we're doing. people need to understand what it even means for sure. Yeah. So all, all token protocols right now have this issue, everyone. And the, the problem is that if you receive a token um, and you know nothing about the blockchain, um, how do you know that what you receive is actually legit? Because uh, a lot of people, you know, are storing their a lot of protocols are storing their their tokens in Bitcoin transactions uh, in transaction outputs. And you know, if, if you say you have you know a cat NFT and I send it to your I, I send a transaction that looks just like it to your friend, how does your friend know that that's actually the same one that he posted from you? Um, and so the way to track back the transaction draft, the transaction draft, back to the genesis of when the token was created, 
and make sure that that genesis is um, you know, the author of the token, whatever that is, that's crypto advice or some artist or whatever yeah. it is. And so in practice, this means having to walk back a transaction graph. Now, in practice, people don't do this. What they do is they forward traverse the blockchain, which means that they run an indexer that as transactions come in, they're, they're processing stuff as it goes. And if you do this, it works out just fine. But the problem is that not everyone is going to run an indexer for uh, arbitrary tokens they might receive in the future. So then you're left with another problem, which is, okay, uh, should I put my trust somewhere? Who do I put my trust in? If, so, if, if I'm checking with a third party, like, is this token legit or not? Um, do I want to check with multiple third parties? Do I have a signature from the, the token um, creator that, that attests that it's valid? Like this protocol is doing that today. And all these approaches are different and they all have different trade-offs. And um, uh, uh, I think for run side, um, we're, we're tackling this. So the run protocol lets you solve this in lots of different ways. Uh, one way we're solving this is to make it very easy to run your own indexer. So apps and infrastructure providers um, uh, can host a RunDB, that's what we call it. And RunDB indexes all the run transactions and, and then your app can, and, and you can look at them and say, is a token valid or not? Um, in addition, uh, in the future, once we have multiple RunDB uh, infrastructure providers, we do today, um, like Relay's running it, Morning Run's running it. You, know, you and I have talked about having Pool run this. Um, once we have multiple people indexing everything, um, now we can start to have state attestations on chain. And so if I receive a token from some ar arbitrary person, I can check, is this token valid by getting a signature that says, well, you agreed it was, and Run agreed it was, and Relay agreed it was, and CryptoFights agreed it was, and therefore uh, I'm going to accept this token in exchange for BSV. And that's that's good enough for me. Yeah. And so that's, that's most likely where Run is going to go in the future. Um, but there are protocols that are doing more of a, a signature-based approach. So every transaction requires a co-signer. Um, that puts a lot of trust sure. in a certain party, but um, yeah. it does, does work. And yeah, there's, there's other solutions too for this. So yeah, I've, I've actually been kicking around a theory. Um, since, since you and I spoke, you and I talked about this once on the phone, and um, I, I've been thinking about like, well, how do we solve, like what's a, what's a Bitcoin way to solve this problem? And I I came up with what what seems maybe too painfully simple. So maybe you can poo poo it and, and let me put this idea to rest. But the idea was is maybe you take for something like CryptoFights, it's doing you know three to five million transactions a day. Every thirty days, you take whatever transactions have been you know that, that existed up into a certain point, and you you combine them all and you you hash it, and then there is then a hashed attestation of you know, rather than having to go back to Genesis, you just have to go back to, you know, back to December or something and say, look, we know that it was solved in completion. Everybody agrees. The whole network agrees that it was right until this point. And so you essentially use a Bitcoin hash as a checkpoint on, we don't have to check further back on the contract than this because it was perfect up to here. And it was mined, like all of the, all the, the nodes at the center of the network agree and then maybe you do this monthly or quarterly or, you know, depending on volume or, or the circumstance, is that something that is a valid system for solving this problem or is it crazy for some reason? No, no, that, that actually does work. And, but it, it does introduce the question of who is doing the hashing uh, mm -hmm. to attest to that state. So if CryptoFights is doing it for CryptoFights tokens, yeah, you can basically assume that that's, 
that's that's fine. Um, right. But for you know an open ecosystem where tokens are moving between apps, uh, who do you trust in that case? And so sure. that was sort of the. I, I do think your approach is is basically the same approach Run is going to go in the future too. It's just okay. going to be done by many many different parties. And when you yeah. when you get a token, you're going to get uh, a signature from you know several different people that right. say if this is valid or not. Okay. So you you solve it like you solve the Byzantine generals problem. Yeah, sure. Kinda. <laughs> so, all right, cool. Glad I'm not crazy. Uh, another question here from Mark Donovan. Does Run support attaching raw binary data, not base64 encoding? No. I'm, well, you can do it outside of Run in, the, in the, the Bitcoin transaction. But no, if you have a buffer of binary data, it gets encoded as base64. And that is being fixed in Run07. So maybe this is a good time to talk about like where kind of Run is going. Um, yeah, please. Yeah, so uh, first off, we're going to be publishing a new update to the SDK, most likely this week. So a little bit of a technical challenge to work out. But this run has been dependent on the Money Button BSV library for a long time. And this it's not just the BSV library, but the legacy version of the BSV library. Oh, man. So, yeah, and, and it's, it's fine. It works and all that. But there's a number of performance problems. Of course, we don't want this third-party dependency on especially very sensitive code. So the next release is going to have one JavaScript file that has everything you need. It's only slightly larger than what it currently is, and you don't have to use the BSV library. So that's kind of a short-term um, update that we're making. And with that comes a lot of performance improvements because we're, we're moving a lot of stuff to WebAssembly as well. Uh, second, though, is um, run protocol 07. So we're on 06 right now. Uh, we're, we're working towards version 1.0. And the 07 protocol is going to have a number of updates that are going to start to open up the option for having smart contracts. Um, and to do that, uh, we're, we're first introducing a binary metadata format. And what this means is right now, if you look at a run transaction on what's on chain, you see a blob of JSON data that describes yeah. what happened in, in that transaction. And yep. um, uh, what we're going to do is take that JSON, compress it to a binary format that's much smaller, the base 64 won't be used for, for binary data anymore. But the real benefit is that once we have uh, run transactions being stored in binary, well, now you can start to analyze them from script. And you can start to do things like um, make undestroyable items. That's, that's all of a sudden possible. Um, and it actually opens up a lot of doors in the future as well. But uh, run 07 is going to start to enable you know, the first versions of smart contracts. Run 08 is going to expand that even further. Um, I don't know how far in the future I want to go, but um, <laughs> uh, we do have a plan for Run09 and, and 1.0 as well. Sure. Well, that's that's always been really interesting. I, I've been a little bit, I've been a big fan of Run for a long time. I try to give you a shout out and, and support anytime that I can or when people ask, like, Thank hey, you. what direction should I go? Like, here, do Run. And if you have a question, ping Brenton. But like, here's... Here's everybody who's building with Run and everything else. But I've been a little bit worried that it's been in 06 for a pretty long time. I've been like, man, I, I hope Brenton's not uh, looking for you know a new job somewhere or something. No, no, no. <laughs> so. we, we have 07s almost done at this point. We, we worked awesome. on that through October and November last year. And then we put that on pause to, to improve 06 a little bit in December. Um, but yep. we're just going to pick right back up on that in February uh, this month. That's great. Um, Love it. Yeah. Well, here, here's a relevant question then. How does Run monetize so that, biz, there, so that the business can be sustainable and scale in the future with BSV's requirements? So the, the I've long been very open about our plans to monetize, which is um, as Run usage grows, you're going to need APIs to access yep. them. 
And if you look at, say, Ethereum, apps aren't running Ethereum nodes. They're talking through Infura, which is the number one infrastructure provider there. Yeah, everything goes through Infura on Ethereum. Yeah, everything. And, and Run would not like to be the only infrastructure provider. I'd rather have an ecosystem of ones. But we yep. are going to be one, and we're going to be a good one. And we're going to have all the transactions indexed, and we're also going to have uh, APIs you can query stuff like, find me all the items owned by this player. Give me my transaction history. That kind of stuff. And as a business, metrics on graphs, like you know how much transactions I'm doing per day. Those are the yep. kinds of things that are important. We're going to monetize on that angle. We also have plans to monetize on the state attestation angle. So as blockchains, as sorry, as run usage grows, not everyone is going to want to run a run DB. That's going to become specialized, just like Bitcoin nodes are becoming specialized. And when you want a state attestation, that is going to be um, sorry. If you want a state attestation from multiple parties, getting that coordination going, I think will allow some monetization opportunities too. And so we're looking at that as well. And you know, we could put a transaction fee per transaction. That was like a very early idea. Uh, yeah. We're not going to, never will the protocol require a transaction fee per transaction because if run goes out of business, these these uh, apps still have to keep going. Right. So just as a, you know, people won't build on us if, if that's part of the sure. requirement, in my opinion. So I, I think a, a great follow-up question to that is, you know, let, let's say you get, you know, in a ski accident or something, when when is run going to be open source so that someone can sort of carry the mantle forward? <laughs> Gosh, I wish it was open source right now. I have been trying, so we've been working towards this. But yeah. here, here's the here's the complexity of this problem, um, and, and it, it's going to be this year, probably early middle of this year. We're basically right after zero seven. Our plan is to wrap the remaining work up for that and get this out. But um, here, here's the challenge for this: uh, we have the Run SDK, which is a a single library that does a lot of different stuff, and it has plugins to talk to um, MatterCloud. It has plugins to talk to the Run APIs, and then of course it has uh, a lot of built-in uh, wrapping to make it easier to use. And then on top of that, we have inside of it, the kernel or run VM. And that's the thing that actually processes run transactions. And we want people to contribute to this open source project um, in a way that's useful. And part of that, I think, is separating out the, the protocol, the consensus code from the plugin code and all the, the kind of higher level stuff. So if someone wants to build a plugin, let's say for a new wallet that comes out, you should be able to open up a pull request and do that. But making a protocol change, it should be clear that if you're touching these files, uh, you're entering risky territory. And so that's the kind of thing that we need to get clear on before we open source it. For a while, there's also some security problems. I think we've closed them all, um, but we were worried for a while that, hey, if we open source this, maybe someone will detect this bug that's sure. now fixed yeah. and then break up. We, we, we all, yeah, everyone gets gregged. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't need that problem. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's, that's fascinating. There's so many, like so many huge things that like, even just listening to you, I'm like, oh man, we could, we could help you provide infrastructure. We could, we could provide APIs and I'd love to have it, you know, cause I mean, we're, we're sitting on a, you know, we gorilla pool are sitting on a handful of nodes too, that like, Hey, how can we, how can we repurpose these and, and the infrastructure we got to be doing more stuff. So you're the best people to be running a, a, a run node or run DB because you're getting the transactions first. You're on the right. center of the network. So yep. I think it's a great opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, here's as a, as a tech newbie, can someone like Tal or RelayX switch to run or STAS if it is only possible or, or is it only possible for new tokens issued? Explain like you're talking to your mom, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's kind of, these different token protocols, you can think of them like 
different engines in a car. Like you have gasoline engines and you have uh, electric engines, uh, engines, and you have yeah. rotary or, engines. And, or diesel, right? Right. And from a user, you just want to operate the car and they all kind of feel the same. And so you're wondering like, why do I need different engineering talent for these different ones? But under the hood, they, they express themselves in very different ways. And so if you were, for example, to build, um, launch a token on, on Stas and then you want to relaunch it on Run, um, there's not a direct path from one to the other. You would have to reissue it. And that's because they're, they're built on like fundamentally different technology. But um, one thing we can do is we can make it possible for, I mean, I think apps should maybe co-issue tokens. So you can issue them on multiple protocols and then, um, you know, allow users to trade between them. That's perfectly fine, I think. Yeah. Um, I think a, a good example is uh, Josh Hensley. Like he, he created the Shua token to test out Simple Fabric protocol. Yes. I think he just wanted to see if it worked and it worked and people are, hey, cool, here's this token and money button. But then uh, he had the opportunity to like, oh man, RelayX is launching this whole DAX and all this stuff. And now I wish my token was on run. So what he did is he, he, he made a bunch of public announcements about, hey, send me your SFP tokens uh, of Shua. I will burn them and I will reissue run tokens. And we basically just collectively decide that these are no longer valid and these new ones are the new valid token. Totally. And I mean, so that's, that's an option. It's just like anything else. It's, yeah, hey, can I give you my gold and you give me dollars for it or something, right? And it's like, okay, well, we, we made that exchange and now it's, it's, it's that going forward. Definitely, definitely. Here's another question for you. Is is this like very basic plumbing stuff? Are we talking tokens 1.0 and in the future, a lot more crazy things can be done, say five or 10 years from now? I, I guess that, that is a really good question. Like, what do you what do you see people doing that maybe no one's touched at all? Or is there something about run that like you think is really cool and nobody has tinkered with yet? Uh, d definitely. So I think, you know, this token explosion on, on BSV has been a lot of fun because Previously, we didn't really have it. Now it's driving the majority of the activity. Um, and, and reiterating, I think the next phase is going to be, you know, smart contracts. I hate that term too, by the way. I think <laughs> these are like these are like servers on the blockchain. That's how I think about them. They're like yeah, servers sure. that anyone knows how they're going to work. Mm -hmm. But however you think, whatever you call them, um, you're going to see more interactivity, more interoperability, more ability to take the stuff you own and do interesting things with it in other applications. Um, and so you see that on a lot of other blockchains right now, like. Ethereum contracts are very interoperable. They can call each other and they can they can you know, yep. potentially send send stuff to each other. Um, but that's harder on a UTXO based model because all of your outputs are are unique. And so that's the problem we're trying to solve here. Mm. Um, as for like five or ten years, gosh, I hope not. I mean, there are still some like <laughs> really really uh, hard problems left to solve. But I think the roadmap we have is going to get us like you know most of the way there. Um, in the next two years, I would say. Maybe even less nice. than that, I would hope. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Here's another one. Uh, what made you switch from working at a company like Snapchat to building Run? And can you elaborate where you see BSV now? Do you see Bitcoin 2022 very different compared to what you thought it was in 2017 or any other year? Um, I still wish Bitcoin Cash and BSV had not split because I think we were more powerful as a whole despite all the infighting. Yeah. But it is what it is. And... Uh, BSV as a technology is fantastic. Um, you know, uh, I, I'll do the mental experiments and say, well, like, what if Run was built on another chain, or what if we built our own chain? And every time it's like, no, we have a very, very good technology here, and right. we're going to keep building on this. And so, um, I, you know, people can get frustrated with the price and 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 whatever, but but the fundamentals are getting better and better. And the truth is also, 
there are not, I would say there are no other blockchains attempting to do what we're trying to do at this scale. Um, you have Cardano, which is UTXO based, um, but they're not doing, they're, they're planning, you know, layer two lightning network stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I look out, I, I look at maybe Bitcoin Cash and maybe us, and that's that's really it um, on the yep. UTXO side of things, which we know scales better. Um, as for what made me leave Snapchat to go build Run, uh, I have a little funny anecdote about that. Actually, my this was in 2017, or this was maybe it was 2016, 2016, 2017, around that time frame. Um, my my boss had asked me to to look into uh, crypto if there was anything we could do with it at all. That this was an exploratory, write up a, a proposal if you see anything, or give me analysis on what we could do. And we were thinking maybe maybe you own your stickers and you can trade them. And I think actually um, you can do that in Snapchat. And of course, lenses are another angle. We had a number of ideas here, um, but this was in 2017, and I was and Ethereum was like by far the the dominant pro- programmable. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, you could say it still is, but Swan yeah. definitely picking up heavily there. But um, it didn't scale. And and when you're doing, you know, when you have 120 million uh, users, daily users, and I think it's double that now. Um, yeah. uh, this is no joke. You really do need to think about very, very massive scale. Um, yeah. and, and so I did the whole analysis and I came away thinking nothing works. This is like broken technology. <laughs> and yeah. I, I was trying to build on it. And then, and then the Bitcoin cash split happened in later 2017. Yeah. And that got me very, very excited because, um, uh, I thought that Bitcoin could scale for a long time. And finally there was some momentum behind this idea. Yeah. And, um, and, and then the Satoshi's Vision Conference in the next year kind of put a put a bow on that. And I, I, I quit my job like two months after that conference. So nice. um, yeah, it's been good. I mean, the other part is like blockchain. If, if you're a developer and you're bored of your job, really, you should be spending your weekends or free time looking into, um, I, pick, pick any, I don't care what you pick. You don't have to pick BSV. You don't pick one. Just right. look into something Bitcoin, blockchain, crypto related. Because the number of interesting, hard problems that are fundamentally based on uh, like CS fundamentals, uh, they're all over the place. And yep. you will not be bored working in this industry. That is for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, quick follow-up question. Is there anything preventing Bitcoin cashers from using Run on their network? Um, the biggest one is the op return size. So okay. they have a, uh, a limit there. You know, in theory, they could do that today. Run is um, MIT license. You could build a blockchain plugin, do it on Bitcoin Cash. Uh, that, that's that's fine. That's your choice. I would say the the reason that um, you wouldn't want to do that is well, first off, uh, BSV has proven to scale a lot higher. So why would you build on something maybe it has a higher market cap, but like, uh, is that all you're going for here? Or are you trying to build an app that lots of people really want to use? Right. Um, and then the other part is the changing protocol, like. Uh, uh, you know, hopefully run works forever on BCH, but you never know, you know, you never know. Sure. Yeah. Who, who knows what BCH will be in a year? Yeah. Here's another one from Brian Stockwell. Art and gaming seem to be leading the way on the BSV blockchain. What will be the next big use case? Um, it's funny because gaming was really my motivation from the very beginning. Hmm. And it was, it was nice to see crypto fights get the traction that they did yeah. because, um, I always thought one game is just going to take off and everything's going to do it. And now art, uh, you know, NFTs or you know, songs on Jamify, which by the way, people should go on Jamify and listen to the music. It's yes. very good. Like I'm, I'm not joking. It's actually good. It's like, yeah. we have some very talented people in BSV. Yeah. Out of, um, out of Miami, no less. I actually went and had lunch with uh, 
the enigmatic frames Janko and one of the artists that is bringing their stuff to Jamify. And it was like, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge music fan, uh, you know, not that kind of music. I, I was a, a rock and roll guy when I was younger, but, uh, you know, I used to play in bands and stuff. So I was always like, oh, this is awesome. But uh, this cool. dude, this dude I met was just phenomenal. Like his, his, his beats were great. Just the whole thing was like, oh, this guy, this guy's actually really good. So I think Jamify's suddenly going to be a place to get some exclusive music that people really want to uh, play with. So totally. Yeah. It's, and it's and just to, to answer that, that final question, I think uh, in my opinion, and we'll see, I think those two um, apps are actually very good for getting traction and, and will continue uh, to continue to be the dominant use cases for a while. But I think we yep. will see those increasing uh, interoperability, interactivity, be able to use them in different ways, um, yep. bring in new kinds of artwork, bring in new kinds of games. That's the kind of stuff I think will will drive activity um, in the future. But you know, we'll see. The good thing is, like, I I just write a protocol, and then people build cool stuff on it. Yeah. And uh, the cre- the creative minds will decide this for sure. Here's from a Punicorn Social Club uh, asking: Does the removal of BSV.js mean we will be able to send Satoshi's via Run SDK? Uh, that was not something I was thinking about, but it's come up before, and I'm going to say yes. We will we will support that. So nice. removal of BSVJS just takes out a middleman, but all the same capabilities are still there. So yeah, we'll, sure. we'll, we'll make that easy. Nice. Here's a really good question. Who do you bounce technical ideas off of? Who is your strategize uh, roadmap partner? Do you do you burden your wife with it, or do you have friends that you? <laughs> like um, sometimes like. I do burden my wife with it and she, <laughs> she hates it. But yeah. you know, no, uh, Run has um, two really good developers help, helping me out right now. Mige from former Money Button. He's fantastic. Oh, like, yeah, I'm he, so lucky to be working with him. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, he's, he's, he's one of the best guys to ever do anything in Bitcoin. That's awesome. Yeah, and so talented too. And then uh, another guy named Ari, he's also very, very talented. And I'm learning from them. Um, uh, and then there, like, we all have our different areas that we're good at. Um, but, uh, as for like bouncing, like some of the, the run technical decisions, I, I try to actually, when I'm having conversations, um, with people like on a regular basis, I throw out ideas and then I see how people react to it. And that, that's one way, um, I sort of get feedback. And so Josh Hensley has been great for this. I've bounced stuff up Brandon before, Shrugger before, um, and, and others. Um, but also honestly, uh, sometimes you just have to, to get a coffee uh, walk around your room for a long time and just think really, really hard. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, and then the solution will, will sort of appear out of there. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Here's a, this one's another good one. Uh, was there a special speech or person you heard or talked or uh, interacted with that convinced you to quit the job and jump in? And then who do you listen to that excites you now and why? Uh, the talk that convinced me most, this, this guy is, uh, a little bit disappointed me a little bit, but Johannes Voromel, he gave a great talk at the first Satoshi Vision Conference about how we get to, was it gigabyte or terabyte blocks? It was, it seems so, I think, it was, so, terabyte. I think yeah. it was terabyte. And it seems so big at the time that, that really, and he was coming at it from like a fundamental perspective. I think the talk's probably on YouTube. And mm-hmm. it just got me thinking, okay, this is what we need. Like this would actually work for, for snap scale. So that was probably the, the biggest topic. Yeah, he's he's like completely disappeared. I think, but as I recall, he was also close with Amori, so that might make sense. Uh, they're both French, and um, yeah, I think they know each other in person. I'm guessing, and yeah, and also Bitcoin Cash then split into two. So I think he got. Demoral- yeah. I, I have no idea, but I would imagine he's demoralized from that. Um, yeah, probably, and I know a lot of people are. 
So interesting. And then who who now? Like what when was the last time, maybe a time in the last six months where somebody gave you a, a, a nugget of information that made you say, oh wow, that's that's the thing. So I think um, you know, I, I I have my disagreements, but I think uh, Dean Little has a lot of smart things to say um, yeah. in crypto. Uh, I think what he's building with the Sigil, Sigil protocol um, is very interesting. We'll see if it ends up achieving a lot of the same goals. I actually hope it does. I think it's a very good idea. Yeah. But um, I think following him on Twitter, actually following, um, just following a lot of the technical brains on, on Twitter, there's a lot of, because we're dealing with the space where we're dealing with unsolved problems, there's a yeah. lot of people coming at it from different angles and, um, and you can get inspiration there. Uh, I think um, besides that, I don't know. Uh, a lot of this is actually, I spent a lot of time also trying to keep up with what's going on outside BSV. Sure. In hopes that we can get some inspiration there too as well. No, for sure. Well, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask. In fact, we're actually a minute over. I knew this was going to happen on this interview. How much time do you got? Can we push through? I can keep going for another 15 minutes if you can. Awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Uh that's that's one of the things like how do we attract better talent like how do we get people that are currently working at you know microsoft or you know snapchat or tiktok or and show them like hey like these ideas that you have these are bitcoin ideas and we could solve these problems better like how do we get people to sit down and have you know the 30 or 40 minute conversation necessary to say like hey it's not it's not all this other stuff that you've heard you know about crypto or bitcoin like look at everything we're doing. What can your company do with that? How do, how do we bridge those gaps as somebody that left a serious startup and came to Bitcoin? Yeah. Um, I, if I knew like the, the, <laughs> the single silver bullet, I would, I would probably be doing it. But um, yeah. I, I think this is, this is what you have to know if you're not in, in if you're in traditional tech world, um, the work is really, really interesting. Uh, there's an opportunity to make a lot of money to it. I mean, it's just a fact. And um, also you'll, you'll notice that like a lot of the people that are joining um, are just very talented too. So you get a chance to work with a lot of like really good people. Mm-hmm. If, if that's not appealing to you, I don't know what it is. Cause as a developer, that's like, <laughs> that's like the dream job. But yeah. um, I do think on the BSV side, like uh, I think we need to get the word out about what we're actually doing here because what we're trying to solve is scalability for blockchains generally. And um, we're, we know that the UTXO model is better than the account model for scalability, um, but we still have a number of unsolved problems left to go. Um, and, and so I feel like if, if there wasn't such a cloud around BSV, I think it would be obvious that this is probably where a lot of the most interesting tech is, is, um, is, is, is going to happen in the future. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. More meetups maybe. I think meetups after COVID, hopefully they'll come yeah. back up. That would be nice. No, for sure. Well, that's, so that's something I'm really, I mean, that that's, I'm kind of taking it on as my, my personal other thing in Bitcoin, as if I'm not doing enough Bitcoin stuff is like, <laughs> look, man, like we need places where I can invite somebody and say, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty good at this, but you should meet like Zach or Luke or some of these guys here in South Florida that like spend all their time coding this stuff. Like they, they're, they're two of the maybe three dozen people that are actually deep enough into this to have a very intelligent conversation and like, just bring them. There should be like lunch and learn or, or drinks and, and dev time and that kind of thing. And, and, but you need, you need spaces for that. You need schedules. You need all these other things to kind of work together from like an infrastructure standpoint. And yeah, COVID is uh 
COVID has not played in our favor. <laughs> no, it's not. But I'll tell you what, if you get anything going in Florida, I'm there. I'll fly down and come to your meetups or whatever you organize. Because I used to enjoy doing that from Los Angeles to San Francisco. San Francisco had a great meetup group over there. And I think it's pretty much dispersed out of, out of California now. So if you get something going, I'll fly in for it. That's excellent. I love to hear it. In fact, I would love to have you like put you on the roster to like give a presentation and bring a, a crowd in. So we need we need as much of that as possible. Like the, the people that are doing big things need to be telling people really what they're missing. So that'd be great. Cool. Any That's any good. closing thoughts, man? Uh, what's uh, what have we missed? <laughs> um, well, uh, a lot of like the run roadmap and, and where this is going. I think we talked about the open source. We talked about some of the protocol updates that are coming. Look for those. Those are going to be coming, rolling out in the next month or so. Um, on top of that, uh, we're doing a lot of work to kind of increase our community. So um, if, if you're looking to, um, you know, maybe uh, I'll tell you that we have a brand manager role open, someone who can help do outreach and also help um, define what it means, uh, define the sense of what people get when, when, um, when they when they hear about run or they join run and so there's a role there if you're interested please reach out um but uh yeah i think this year is going to be a big year uh two years ago was like the year of infrastructure last year was like the year of apps i can't even predict what this year is going to be um (laughs) we will see but things are picking up speed so it's exciting that's excellent man i'm i'm so excited it's been really good to catch up it's i I swear it's probably been a year since we've actually talked so so sorry i I should be a better friend also but uh (laughs) happens but let's let's hang out in person again let's make this happen yeah for sure um, yeah we can get people to know what's going on in bsv love it thank you brenton i appreciate it so cool everybody uh hey alex you want to pop on and talk about conference stuff or or nah Hey, hey. So, Mr. Moon, we've got this the official blockchain conference of the universe uh, coming up. Can you tell us a little bit, what should we know about the uh, the new rebranded conference that we're doing? Um, yeah, I mean, firstly, <clears throat> this is just a, a, an evolution, really, of, of CoinGeek Conference, but I think a much-needed one uh, for the BSV space. Um, Typically, when we've seen CoinGeek conferences in the past, it's been heavily focused around the agenda of the speakers um, at the event. And there's so much more that goes on, as we know. Uh, there's usually meetups, there's um, reception evenings. L- last year in New York, we had an NFT night. Um, so there's so much that goes on that really this event is about uh, showcasing all the innovation that's going on in BSV. Um, so we want to showcase every every BSV business that wants to demonstrate in Dubai, um, as well as have the conference component. There will be meetups during uh, the convention over the three days. We look to have partner events throughout the whole course. So anyone that wants to contact us to, to list anything they wish to run simultaneously under the uh, global blockchain uh, convention umbrella, you can contact us. Um, but additionally, you know, we're opening things up that we didn't typically have. Um, we know that there's always been ticket prices and that gets you into the, uh, the conference component. Uh, this year, we're introducing a new ticket. So if you just want to go in and network and meet BSV businesses that are building really cool solutions on chain, there is a networking ticket that is a complimentary ticket. Um, it does mean that you don't get the buffet lunch that you would get when you pay for a ticket. And I will point that out. That's oh, one no. of the prices. No, free, ticket, no but, free ham. Well, I guess it wouldn't be ham because it's Dubai. <laughs> 
No, it's a very, very nice hotel, the Grand Hyatt. Go and, go and look it up. Um, it's uh, absolutely stunning. And there's a load of restaurants you can go to, nice patisseries and have oh, a coffee. I'm sure, I'm sure it's incredible. Take people out. So um, There's a lot that we, we plan to go on. I don't want to give away too much because announcements are coming soon. Um, yeah. But you can pre-register now. Tickets uh, should be going live end of this week, if not early next week. Cool. Um, Is the website so live? Yeah, it's globalblockchainconvention.com. Beautiful. Um, All right. That's where you can go to find out more information. Well, shoot. Uh, but there'll be some really good speeches, things that we haven't seen, focuses around NFTs, tokenization, uh, ESG, showcase everything that's really going on in the space. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Mr. Moon. It's been good to have you on screen. <laughs> All right, cool. Everybody, uh, I just want to remind you, uh, first of all, thanks for, for watching the show. Thank you to Brenton for coming on and, and explaining a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, frankly, the some of the most important work going on in the Bitcoin space uh, and really the entire blockchain space. Um, we're, we're blazing paths and he's one of the guys that's really doing it and I'm excited to be here. I've been excited to be here for ever. It's been 10 years of Bitcoin now, and we're finally doing some of the stuff that I was telling my friends was possible. Uh, like, yeah, you know, you can transfer ownership of property, or we could be doing, we could be tokenizing things that we own and sharing them across people and taking personal investment and this kind of stuff. And we're finally actually starting to see some of this stuff happen. And it's really, really encouraging. And so I would encourage you, if you have a business idea, you need to find people that can work together. You need biz dev people and you need software dev people and you need marketers and you need people to manage client relations and customer service and all the other stuff. But if we stick together, we can do it. We can change the world. We actually have the tools. We just need the gumption. So get good at inspiring people. And sometimes these things work themselves out. Everybody, I please, I ask you, uh, like, subscribe, share, hit the alarm bell or the, the, the alert bell. It lets you know every time we go live or every time a new video comes out. And I want to say thank you once again to CryptoCraft.com for sponsoring our stream this, uh, this week, this month, uh, et cetera. But uh, really, CryptoCraft.com, they, they have been very kind to create a uh, really solid tool for checking out the markets. Uh, it's got a very nice, clean news ticker, lets you know what's going on today across the entire blockchain economy. And they have the BSV price uh, alongside uh, some of the other stuff that you can take a look at. And then forums. Forums are where all kinds of good stuff happens. I can't tell you how many billions of dollars worth of business have been created in forums. Really, it's it's true. So uh, check them out. Thanks again, CryptoCraft.com. Thank you to Alex Moon. Thank you to my wife for dealing with the children and making it that I have a quiet house from which to broadcast. I appreciate it very much. And I appreciate you, the fans. Without this, or without you, sorry, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> without you, this would be impossible. Really, I really mean it. Thank you so much. I'm Kurt Worker Jr. This has been the Coin Geek Weekly Livestream, and I challenge you, be good to each other. Thanks. Bye-bye.